Welcome to the Simple Programmer Podcast. Making complex programming simple and fast. With everything from career advice to philosophy, it's the Simple Programmer Podcast. Well, welcome everyone. This is Josh Earl from simpleprogrammer.com, and I'm here with Doug. Um, so I wanted to talk to Doug because I was, I had a call this morning with, uh, Jason Humphrey, who is a, uh, coach that I work with at Simple Programmer. And Jason was telling me, we're working on a course about imposter syndrome. The, you know, the, the ever present, I feel like a fraud problem that a lot of developers have. And Jason mentioned that he had talked to Doug about this course that we're working on. And, uh, and Doug said, oh man. I have that problem. <laughs> um, and so they had a conversation and Doug is a very experienced software developer. Um, and a lot of, uh, we're hearing from some software developers that they're saying, well, I don't really have imposter syndrome because I have four or five years of experience now. This isn't really a problem for me. And then Jason says, but they're still like showing all the signs of imposter syndrome and they just don't realize it. So um, wanted to talk to Doug, get his story a little bit. And just here, I didn't get to sit in on that conversation. I wanted to hear a little bit more from him. So, Doug, uh, welcome. Why don't you just tell me a little bit about your background, kind of set the stage for sure. us. Here. So, first of all, uh, I picked up development when I was 12 years old. So, it's been a little bit. I'm 36 <laughs> now. Uh, C++ was my first language, jumped through a few languages, got my first job around 21, actually doing software development for a living. Um, it's, you know, I, I've gone through, uh, I've been a .NET developer for most of my career. In fact, my first program that I, first program I was ever paid for in .NET was on a beta version of version oh, wow. one. <laughs> so it's, I, I've been, I've been doing this for a little while. Uh, just recently though, I have jumped more into the open source side of things. So I do a lot more in Node.js and, okay. I'm doing a lot with, you know, React and, and, and all that stuff. So things have changed a little bit, although find myself moving kind of back into .NET again. So I've been, it's, it's, I've been doing this for a long, long, long time. <laughs> but the key is, yeah, I was going to say that the key is, is that I am, I am self-taught. Mm -hmm. um, I did not go to college to do this. Uh, it basically I pulled myself up by my bootstraps uh, and, and clawed my way into the field any way possible that, that I could do it. And um, I think that I, I'm going to say that I always thought that the, the idea of imposter syndrome was because of that, but meeting so many people with different backgrounds that mm -hmm. still suffer it, it has nothing to do with that, um, that's, that one thing. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like I, I have a similar background to you where I did not go to school. I went to school for political science, not computer science. So, you know, and then I, I ended up switching when I was about, I think I was about 28 when I got my first programming job. So it, you know, that was clawing my way into the industry, like you said, was, was definitely a big challenge. And I had a lot of the same things. And I felt like, for me, I felt like it was because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have all the, the computer science background that a lot of people did. Yeah. Felt like I didn't understand. I mean, basic things I learned, I came in with like, um, into the more high level programming language world. So I was, people would start talking about basic C++ stuff like vectors and memory, you know, memory allocation and all this stuff. And I didn't, it was just not something I'd ever had to deal with. So, you know, 
felt like I, I was not able to participate in those conversations. Yeah. But I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter if you can participate or not. You, every one of us brings something different to the table and our backgrounds, sometimes being mired in the details of that kind of stuff will slow you down when you can go, Hey, let's do this. And then someone who does know can go, well, let's talk about performance for a minute and they can, they can tune the performance while, you know, while you're pushing the idea forward. It, it's just, it's one of those things where I think that, that, uh, just from my background, I, I wanted to know everything at one point, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was the, the type that I, I felt like I needed to understand in great depth, the detail of everything from the, from the hardware on up. And then I get to the point where I realize, no, actually, I really don't have to know that. And I'm killing myself trying to figure all that <laughs> stuff out. But in the meantime, I feel like I don't know anything. And, right. uh, <laughs> was there, was there like a point where you, first noticed that you felt like this, like this, I'm a fraud kind of feeling. Is this, was there a point in time? So I, like I said, I clawed my way into the field. Um, I started off just doing things, you know, working, working like, you know, contract and stuff like that, trying to just find people that would pay me. And it, it turned out to be a lot of jobs where it was like, Hey, administrate our network and, you know, right. <laughs> and write some customize our software for us. And I could, I could get that kind of work and didn't feel too bad in those kind of positions because it's like, you know, they they kind of look at me as like an intern anyway. So right. it wasn't right. bad, but were you kind of also the only, like the main tech guy? Yeah. So, so not, not only did I, not only did I handle, uh, not only did I handle like software development, but I always had like computers in my room that were open and I could mm-hmm. take drives out, put drive. Yeah. You know, I, I was, I had that background because that's where that's my dad was a software developer and he always had hardware floating around. And so I right. could take stuff and put computers together and, and, and then I, but software development's what interested me. You know, that's actually right. when I picked it up at 12, it's like, ah, I can, not only can I build the computer, but I can also make that computer do what I want it to do, which at 12, no one does anything the 12 year old wants them to do anyway. So it's like, <laughs> I got this computer. It will do what I tell it to do exactly what I tell it to do. Every time I tell it to do it, it's right. awesome power that I had. It was very empowering to learn software development. And I just kind of kept with it through all the years. It's what I wanted to do. In those so, early jobs. But the moment. Yeah. Where it was, well, my question was like in those early jobs, were you like the only technical person on site or were, were you part of a team? I'm curious. No, I was, I was the only person. So right. one of them, it, this is, and I, I had some really cool opportunities. So I, I had a job with a financial group. This is way, way back, like early 2000s. Um, and, and this was, this was at UBS Payne Weber. It was called UBS Payne Weber at the time. And they, there was this group of brokers, about 13 of them, that, that they needed someone to administrate their personal network. They did not have, you know, they, they had like the, the, the company's network, mm-hmm. but then all of them had their own personal computer and they all had them network together okay. and no one to actually figure out how that network works. And so <laughs> I actually came in and, and they, uh, my paychecks were from, were from UBS Payne Weber, but it really was like they hired me as a resource for the group and it came out of mm. their, it came out of their money that they made from the company and okay. all that. So they were actually paying me to come in and administrate all those computers. And then they go, Hey, can we make this software do this thing? 
that we wanted to do and I would, I would customize it. And, and then also on top of that, they were like, Hey, we want to do this thing that we have nothing. That's where I wrote one of my first uh, .NET applications was there. And I, I didn't have any, like I said, it just felt like I could, got to play a lot and, right. and just do right. things. And I didn't have like real, real life consequences. If something didn't go exactly <laughs> right, people might be a little annoyed, but it was not, uh, I got to administrate a domain based network. I converted them from peer to peer uh, windows networking to, you know, got it. They bought me a server and I got to set up windows advanced server 2000. And I put, you know, we set up windows server 2000 boxes for all of the brokers, got them off of windows 90 X, you know, I forget if it was 90, 98 or whatever they were running, but just, just got to have a lot of fun and, and play around with, with, you know, the techniques of being a domain admin. And then on top of that, customizing software right. based on what they wanted to do. But I, any of that stuff I could do. And I didn't have like one specific area that I was nearly focused. I did want to be a software developer. I did get tired of weird stuff happening with computers, <laughs> like somebody bringing, somebody bringing the virus into the network that could replicate itself and, right. and uh, <laughs> having to spend a day and, you know, the, the, oh, those were the days. <laughs> But no, that, so that was all fun and games, right? And, and I mean, mm -hmm. I learned a lot during that time. I could, someone could say, hey, could you write a piece of software that did X, Y, and Z? Or can you make PowerPoint do this thing that PowerPoint doesn't do? And I'm like, sure. Can you make Excel do these things that it doesn't do? Sure. And, and, then, um, and then I went on for a little bit longer, did some jobs like that for another couple of years and uh, got my first corporate gig at a, steel buildings manufacturing company okay and that was when it hit the fan i walked <laughs> in it was full corporate you know i was working by myself they were like right. everything i would do that was amazing they're like this is amazing then i walked in with a group of other devs and i think that that is the key josh is that right. once you walk into the room with classically trained developers and you're like you know you sit back you're going I, you think you know some stuff and then you walk in the door and go i don't know anything <laughs> compared to these other guys right like what what am i doing they're gonna figure out that i don't know anything and fire me that's <laughs> what they're gonna do and uh <laughs> they never did I, I stayed there for a couple of years and learned <laughs> learned a lot about how how things worked in the corporate world and and uh whatnot and it was it's a really good experience but i think a lot of the jobs that i went to from from job to job to job i'd always have that moment where i'd sit there and go wow, these other guys are amazing. What, what, why am I here? <laughs> yeah. <know>? Yep. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think, so what, from what I've been seeing, like, I think that um, what happens is you go, there's this transition period where you go from being a little fish in a big pond to, or a big fish in a little pond, sorry, to a, a much bigger pond where suddenly you're like average or below average even because and I, I've heard from people where it happens when they go from high school to college is a seems to be a common one because you go like I was explaining this to Jason so basically you go from like so you go from I'm the I'm the the smartest kid in of 2000 maybe 2000 students you know maybe if you have a really big high school and it's basically just like your geographic area it's not that hard to be the smartest person in the room when you're when you're that when that's the criteria but then you go to a regional college and suddenly you're dealing with people from all over the state who've all come there yeah. because they have similar strengths and interests that you do guess what now you're probably going to be average um, and then every time you step forward like that you know and like for you it was going from 
you were being, you were the, the guy, right? You were the tech guy mm -hmm. who all these brokers looked up to. It's not hard to be the smartest tech guy when you're surrounded by a bunch of brokers, but then you get a job with like real <laughs> developers and you're like, holy crap, like, I don't know. I don't know any of this stuff. Um, right. And you know, it was a very, it was a very similar experience for me. That's cool. Yeah. So do you remember I mean, some, yeah, do you remember like that when you first made that transition, like what were, do you, were there any like specific stories where or something happened that you really felt that acutely or was it just a general sense? In the first job, it was more of a, a general sense that I just didn't understand. There's a lot I didn't understand. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you have this time, your, your world, it's like you're in this small little box and then you, you know, like you said, big, big fish, little pond. And then you, you, you're the same size fish and you jump into, in, into the ocean or you jump into the river. I think that's probably a better analogy. Right. You jump into the river and, and it's like, uh, wow, uh, there's this and there's this and there's this. Whoa, this is, this is just blowing my mind. I think it was just a general sense of, of, I just, from 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 process to like like it was being on my own doing my own development which is how I got into the field um I could just make decisions and I could write right. code and I could right. push code wherever I need to push code and I could do any of that stuff and and I had I had full control over the over the hardware I mean imagine you know I I always was in charge of my own box Right. So whenever, when, when I walked into this place, I'm like, so how do I handle, you know, uh, what do I need to do to get updates and all that, you know, all that stuff. And they kind of chuckled a little bit, you know, the, the person setting me up said, no, 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 no. You don't touch anything other than the programming tools on this computer. The, this computer is administrated by other people. And I'm like, oh, right. that's kind of nice. I don't have to worry about everything plugged into the wall, even the label maker. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's not me. That's not me anymore. Until you want to install like some .NET add-on and you oh, realize, yeah. oh. <laughs> we were pretty free in that, that first job. So that, that's another piece of it too. So we could, uh, we had admin access to our own boxes and no okay. one, no one really got in our way if we wanted to install anything. Um, I've had very, very different experiences depending on the companies and the industries that I go into uh, as to the level of freedom that I have. Mm-hmm with my own machine. And, um, so, you know, I could see, I could see where that you're, you're like, Hey, maybe, maybe when you try to install the add-ins, but not the first job, the first job was, was pretty laissez faire as far as, um, as far as all that was concerned and, um, still great learning. Just, it was just getting used to process, getting used to dealing with other team members. Oh, here's the story. I just got it into my head. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm working on this application. I'm working on adding a feature to the application. I'm getting ready to go to lunch and, you know, I'm really hungry, but what's the thing that pops into my mind? Um, you know, I did know about version control before I took, took on this first job because I did version control before that. And so I go to check in my changes and, you know, I'm like being a good developer, check my changes in just in case the computer burns up in a fire while I'm out at lunch. <laughs> and um, I get back from lunch and my boss, evidently, oh, no. well, I come up to my desk and I'm, uh, there's now and laters on my desk. And I'm like, okay. put candy on my desk. So I started asking the other developers, who put the candy on my desk? I've never had, I've never had someone just leave candy on my desk before. This is kind of cool. No, <laughs> no, not it cool. wasn't, it wasn't, it was not cool because 
uh, evidently what I had done, this is getting used to working in a team, I checked in changes that broke the build oh. and just left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I learned that lesson. Don't you check in breaking guy. changes. <laughs> I, was, I was that guy. It only happened one time. And, and so I found out who left the candy and it was my boss. And he came up and said, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to be a little vulgar here because this is exactly what happened. But he said, he said, uh, uh, yeah, I left you some candy to chew on while I chew your ass out for breaking the build. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, damn, okay. I totally get it. I will never check in something that's not completely work. But that's, that's the thing. Like I said, I'm moving from being by myself. We're checking and breaking change in. I just go in and, finish what I was working on and keep going, you know, instead of knowing the stuff I know now about, you know, Hey, you can branch it or you can, you know, stash the chain. You know, there's, there's tons of things that we can do that I know now that I didn't know then because I didn't need to know it then Mm -hmm. because I didn't have, I didn't actually work in a team until that point. So it was, uh, that's, that's a good story right there. And yeah, that made me feel incredibly stupid. I'm like, how can, what, what, how could I be now I look back at it and laugh, but it was not a, you know, that was one of those where I'm sitting there going, the hell's wrong with me. <laughs> you know, right. It's the wrong job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not smart enough for this. I mean, there was something to going to college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't teach version control in college from what I hear either. So. I know. I know. I know. It's just, you know, you get what I'm saying, right? It was yes, just all totally. that stuff running, yep. in my, running through my head yeah. about, Oh man, man, I'm, this is the first impression I make on these, on these people. They let me come in here. They took a chance on me and getting to that point, getting to the point where I went from like these weird jobs, like, like, you know, when I worked at the financial, uh, where I worked at UBS and then I worked at an independent car lot at 1.2 doing, doing work for them, getting to the point where I felt like I hit like the bigger times, you know, that, that salaried position. And the first thing I do is piss everybody off. (laughs) right well you know maybe they figured it out real fast (laughs) yeah and i think like i mean depending on the team right like there's there's different levels of this but generally i think the culture is you idiot (laughs) like how could you not know like how could you possibly do this so instead of like it's not usually a teachable moment it's more of like a let's flog the guy and make sure that this is so painful that he never does it again but that that can also yeah, that can leave some, you know, it kind of leaves that come some emotional, a little bit of emotional scarring. There. <laughs> um, yeah, and see, and see, if I were doing this myself, I would have, it would have been a coaching moment where it's like, hey, yes, you know, we yes. really don't want to break the build. This is, and I, I think that that would have had just as much of an effect because if someone right. was being, if someone was thoughtful, they would still think through that without having the 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 uh, public flogging of having your manager walk up in the middle while you're in the middle of the development group and right. basically say, here's the candy. Right. Yeah. So Start like on, so on the, <laughs> on the disc, like, there's that, the disc prof- uh, personality profiles. Right. And um, I talk about this a lot with my wife, um, but there's the, one of the, um, I think a lot of software developers tend to be very high on there's C in the disc. DISC stands for conscientious. And it's like, you are a, you know, you want to, you want to be, doing everything right, crossing all your T's, dotting your I's, and you know, you're super conscientious. And for a C, like the worst thing that you can possibly do is tell them they're wrong. Like, and, and, and so I think a lot of managers don't necessarily realize that. So rubbing your nose in it is not necessary. Just telling you you did something wrong is plenty. And you can, yeah, you know, you basically been. punish yourself. 
Yeah, right. I would have it would have done really good on my own, but it was yeah. So I got exactly. the public flogging, and then I did, and then I had the my my own internal flogging going on. Right. And uh, but that's that's a really good like like when did when when did you feel like you had imposter syndrome kind of kick in and yeah that was that was one of those moments where um where it happened. But hey, at least at least uh, my public flogging made for a good story. Right. <laughs> um, there's a, my, my wife has these little cups that the kids used and they brush their teeth. And one of them says, it's either a good idea or a good story. That's like one of my favorite little sayings. <laughs> um, so how, um, what are some things like, so I guess, what are some things you've tried or else like beliefs you've had about this idea, this imposter syndrome, things you may have tried to like deal with it or beliefs you had about how to, how to fix it or get rid of it? So the thing is, the beliefs that I had to internalize is that no matter where I go, no matter who's working with me, there's always going to be someone that knows more than I do. And mm -hmm. that's okay. Mm -hmm. I have, I have proven and time is one of the other, uh, one of the other cures for it too. So it doesn't go away. It's just that when you have proof behind you that you've been employed, I mean, that, that job at, at UBS uh, was 2001. Right. So I've been doing this for a little bit and uh, professionally. And when you look back and go, well, people have paid me for this long to do it. There's no way that I could totally be stupid and, and people will, you know, not that many people get tricked for that long. Right. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you have to just go back and go, well, I feel really dumb right now, but here's what I've done in my career. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to strive to be better. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about some of the efforts I've made even to try to help other developers with, with that thought too, right. you know, with trying to strive to always be better through the utilization of deliberate practice and, and just knowing where they're trying to go and how they're going to get there mm -hmm. is, is extremely important and something that, that I still have to understand myself uh, when, when I make decisions on, on things. And that's kind of where, so to summarize that the beliefs really are that, that, you know, I couldn't have been doing this as long as I have and not be capable of doing it. Right. So I have, I have that proof. And, and the other piece of it is just acceptance of, of there's smarter people, no matter how smart you are, there's smarter people. Right. And that's just try to get, try to see if you can be friends with those guys and learn from them. That's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned that is, that. that is the, in your first job, I think that that, that teachability, like not coming at it as like, trying to um you know puff out your chest and because that really then you start to actually be an imposter right is <laughs> like yeah. if you get defensive about it and you're like always trying to convince people that you know, know know everything and know things you don't then you stop having imposter syndrome and you're just an actual imposter but if you if you're teachable then i think people have a lot more patience with the screw-ups and all that stuff as long as you don't make the same screw up again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a different one next time and it's more complicated, that's fine. But if right. it's the same one over and over again. Yeah. Did you, um, did you kind of ever, did you go through the phase where you were like, I just need to understand X and then I won't feel this way anymore. Was that ever a, actually that is, that's an, and, and I look back on some of that and it's kind of like, well, that was kind of naive thinking about that, but yeah, it's like, if I could just get, some algorithms down and if I can just get some design patterns down and if I can just understand performance metrics on, on, on the algorithms, you know, big O, no, you know, just, just these little things that, 
that that you know in computer science i have gone and read about them and learned about them throughout time you know throughout my career but none of them ever give you that feeling of yes i have the full capability of of anything that comes at us one more thing so another observation about development that I think is extremely important. And I think the reason why imposter syndrome never goes away, no matter how long you've done this, is everything we, every project we go on is new. Yes. It's usually never, yep. Yeah. It's, it's, it's never the same project over and over again. And I can give you, I can kind of give you a personal story about, about that. Uh, When, when I was a teenager, you know, from, you know, when I was like 16 years old, I went to work at Walmart. And uh, at one point during my Walmart career, my illustrious Walmart career, I went into the photo lab and I got really good at developing photo I, uh, photos. I could shut the machines down. I could, I could bring the machines up in the morning. I knew, I, knew, I knew more about those machines than most of the other people, uh, maybe except for the department manager. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, is that, that developing photos was the same thing over and over yep. and over again. You just basically load the film in and, you know, sometimes something messes up and you got to go into the dark box and, and feel around. And that was kind of fun, like trying to rescue a roll of film that was, was toasted. You know, that, that, was, that was kind of a fun thing to do. But overall, overall, that, that was the same thing over and over again. But software development is just like, it's, it would be like getting a new format of film and having to reconfigure the machine for every project. Yes. You know, for every, yep. for every roll of film that you got in. And it's like, like it, it, it just, it, that's the one reason why I think that we don't ever get out of that whole, um, uh, the, the imposter syndrome, because it's like, it's just never the same. Even if it's the same industry, it's still never the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the best you can do really is just get good at spotting different categories of problems. And you might have yep. a little bit of, better, of a better idea where to start. But yeah, it was the same it was, and that's people talk about the difficulties with estimation and that's really the same thing. It's like mm-hmm. when I was doing my last job, I was doing iOS development and something simple like showing a, um, you know, we wanted to, I wanted to make it look like a modal was coming up on the screen. So it was like a, it was like a yes or no type modal window and I wanted to show it and I wanted to have a transparent background so you could see the screen behind it. And I just wanted to have these, you know, just like you do in web development all the time. That took me, I think it took me like two weeks. It was ridiculously hard, ridiculously hard. Yeah. Um, and you just never know, like something really simple, it turns out to be, turns out to be a hairball. <laughs> and yeah. you just have no way of knowing whether that's, whether you're going to hit one of those or until you, you know, you can get to the point where like subtasks you've done multiple times, like, okay, I got to the point where right. I could... I knew I could create a screen with a certain number of controls on it that were all the same that I used before and it would take me half a day, you know, that, but yeah, anytime you're adding something new um, and it, that was, that's basically constant. Yeah. It was the minute that, that someone said, Oh, well, actually we see you put that select on that screen, but that select, you need to take full control over it because we really mean for it to look like this and it has to exactly look like this. Can you have it done by tomorrow morning, please? <laughs> Right. Exactly. I've had that happen. It was an all nighter. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts. You know, I was like, and, and so I, I guess the thing is the other part of, of time is that when you get to the point where you're saying that, that, so instead of like dealing with imposter syndrome as heavily as I had in the past, when someone gives you something like that, you can look back at them and say, that's really crazy. 
that's going to take crazy amounts of time to do. And it's not because I'm an idiot. It's because that's, that's crazy. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that it, it, it takes a bit. So, so uh, at first when people are, are in there, they're like, I have to do everything I'm told to do mm-hmm. uh, because I have to prove that I can do anything that anyone throws at me. But then, but then you get more mature and you kind of look back at it and go, that really wasn't the best idea to spend three days trying to figure out how to get, how to do, you know, owner drawn list views in a win in a, in, in a windows application uh, in C plus plus. That was not the best, that was not the best <laughs> use of my time. I should have actually told the guy that wanted this, that, yeah, we could totally do this, but your budget, it's going to go 15 times higher than you thought. Let's not do this unless you right. really want to. And I'm more than happy to charge you the money at that point. Right. That's another story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay. So, um, have you, do you feel like this has affected your career? Like, have you made choices that in hindsight you, you know, you might've done differently or like, how, how is this, have you looking back, how do you see this affecting your career? So there may have been times where I had not tried to negotiate salary mm. because I didn't know if I really belonged in the place that I was trying to go into that, that may be, um, that may be a component of an effect on, on my career. Now I have, I mean, in recent times, salary has not been an issue, but I mean, I can remember in the beginning, it's kind of like, I just want to get in there. I'm not even, you know, yeah. <laughs> won't even try to negotiate or anything. Right. You know, I, I don't even know if I'm going to make it in this place. Let me, let me try it. And that's where, that's where there was no negotiation because it was you like, can, oh, well, you can always job just offer. negotiate your salary later, right? <laughs> sure. That's called, that's called interviewing. Right. <laughs> In the process. That's a whole nother course. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 I Definitely. think that's a very common mistake is like the, oh gosh, if I push hard, push too hard on this, they're going to take a, they're going to put me under the microscope again. And this time I'm not going to pass. So I'll just, I'll just take it, take what they're giving me. Cause I feel lucky to even get an offer at all. Yeah been there myself nice 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 so is this something that you feel like at this point in your career you have conquered partially conquered (laughs) where like where are you with this now so at least now when something comes up like this and I feel like an idiot I can go back to my prior I can I can bring back my prior experience you know there's Mm -hmm. there's been there's been times like I wrote um, one of my jobs that I had, I wrote a payment system that basically integrated ACH and SMS and all this stuff and, and gas pumps and all this stuff to make a, to make a payment. So I, I can go back and look at that project and go, that actually took a lot of thinking to get done. I'm not an idiot. Like if I think I'm an idiot, I'm go back and just look at stuff that I've done in the past and go, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I need to be sure that I'm not being an idiot right now. You know, with, you know, am I doing things based on what I know? Am I trying to take, uh, be sure I'm not trying to take shortcuts, be sure that I'm, I'm still, you know, all my I's are dotted and T's are crossed. But, you know, when it comes down to it, usually, usually those are misguided thoughts that are coming through. And it's, it, I don't think there's a way to ever get rid of it entirely. It's just, you have to have, you have to build the tools up over time to combat it. And, and one of them is look at what I've done. One of the things that, that you know, that I talk about, uh, a lot, which is just go do things helps with that a lot. So mm-hmm. if you have, if you have made a lot of projects trying to learn a new technology, you can go, yeah, uh, this is a cool technique, 
and I'm learning something new, but also I have actually written a lot of things that work too, that does mitigate it. It's just about mitigation at this point. It's not really about, about getting rid of it entirely because the thoughts are always there. At least, right. you know, I say that at least for me, coming from the background that I come from, being told that not going through college, that I wasn't going to amount to anything, and then being told, you know, being being actively fought against trying to get into a field because in the, in that time there was no such thing as a coding boot camp. You didn't have that kind of opportunity. And it was an elitist. uh, It was elitist very much. So there were not a lot of self-taught developers. I kept it secret. I mean, I totally kept it secret for a very long time that I was self-taught because everyone else would talk about college and all this stuff. And I'm like, just go, just, (laughs) You know, uh, you know, get, keep myself out of the conversation somehow, change the subject, get out of it or something. Um, because it was kind of a, I, I felt like it was not, I mean, that, like I said, that was part of it, that, that it kind of affected me a bit because I didn't have that same, that same experience that they did going through college. Now on the flip side of this, uh, one of the things that helped me out a lot was that, that when I finally did start to come to terms with that, um, I'd already had lots of discussions with developers and like one of the companies that I was at, it, we were talking over lunch about this and this guy had a master's degree and I told him I was self-taught completely. And he looks at me and goes, that is amazing. Cause you talk like I do. Hmm. I'm like that's because I taught myself all that stuff that you know, <laughs> that you learned in school. You know, that, that I spent all of my hours, you know, I, I just didn't, there was a lot of Google searches for how to not suck as a software developer. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in my my early my early career you know what do I need to do to be better and and then just like like do stuff and learn stuff and and learn all these things that, that, that people are just taught when they come out of school but I had to do it while I was working on things it's a little bit yep. different but you know the drill yeah, I think I you I think you yeah. you and I you and I are pretty close on on this it's just that it, it was it kind of that whole thing about not going to school was one of those things that kind of, kind of always yeah. you, let, had that voice in my and head. And you didn't, you didn't have a college degree at all, right? You don't have a college degree at all? No. Or, no okay. Yeah. I, no. I know, I know people, um, I'm from this area that I live is kind of blue collar and there's, you definitely see it. Like I know people who I think are like, could be pretty, are pretty brilliant, but they just have this, like, I never went to college, you know, I'm never going to amount to anything mentality and it just it oh man it frustrates me so much i mean a college degree into our heads it's helpful it's very helpful um but it's not you know it takes it takes more hustle without it for sure but you know yeah just oh man it's, it's so frustrating to see people let that hold them back so i'm glad you managed to overcome that yeah. And I mean, when other people want it to hold you back too. So it's yes. not, it's not just yeah. like holding yourself back, but you know, I still see job descriptions out there. Like I'll look at stuff and it'll say requires, requires a bachelor's in computer science and doesn't even say anything about, you know, job experience being taken into that, that calculation yep. and, you know, prefer, prefer a, uh, prefer graduate degree, you know, and I'm like, that's, that's nuts. If you're doing line of business applications, that is absolutely yeah. crazy. <laughs> Unless you're doing some, unless you're doing, you know, <laughs> you know, unless you're doing some science in there, you know, I, I yeah. don't, I don't think that it's, it's, it's a machine thing. learning or something like that. Some of that background would be helpful, I'm sure, but that's right. Yeah. But I mean, even with that, it could be what I've learned, what I've learned through my years is that anything that I put my mind to that I'm going to go learn, I will learn it. 
and I will have a pretty good understanding of it. And then that will get me in touch with people who did go to school to learn it. And they can tell me other stuff that I might need to know mm -hmm. throughout interacting with them. Like they'll say something. I'm like, Oh, I hadn't seen that yet. Let me go. Let me go look that up or, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's, that's where it, again, the whole mitigation, having to remind myself, no, they're smarter or not that they're smarter, but they may have just read more than I had on the subject. And I just need to go get myself. I need to right. go get, get more education in it. I need to go read more about it and, and do some more stuff with it. Right. Right. Well, and also just that people are going to have different specialties, right? Like you, it's valuable to have somebody on your team who really understands something that you don't. And mm -hmm. it's okay to never dive into those waters if you don't, if that's not, you know, if you have a specialty of your own, I think that can be a huge confidence booster is if you've got your own little corner where you are the expert that other people come to versus yeah. trying it versus that, like just going, Oh my gosh, like I just need to know everything that everybody else knows. Like you're not never going to get there. Yeah. And, and everything that everyone else knows is kind of one of those where I find it, it, it doesn't, that doesn't really exist either. You don't know what everyone else really knows. Um, one, one example I have of that is that I had this guy that, that I worked with at one time and he would tell me, yeah, I know this. Yeah, I know this. I read the book. I know this. I read the book. I know this. I read the book. Everything he knew because he read the book on it. But when it came time to actually put it into practice, he didn't know anything because all he had ever done is read the book on it. And mm -hmm. that taught me that reading the book on it does not mean that you actually know it. And you shouldn't even say that you know it. You should just say, I, I kind of understand it because I read a book on it, but that's, that's pretty much what you should say at that point. You shouldn't tell right. people, you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Cool. So right. I'm even skeptical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Well, finish the thought. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, I'm even skeptical of people who tell me how much they know. That's, that's, right. uh, that's the point where I've gotten to the point uh, where it's, it's, um, you know, I used to, when I was younger, I would believe people, they would say, I know this, I know that, I know that. I'm like, holy crap, you know all this stuff. But now it's, it's like, well, what have you done with it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what separates the men from the boys right there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, that's really, that's all my questions. Any, any, anything you wanted to say to, to wrap up here? Um, well, one of the things, one of the things that, that I, I just want to kind of put out there um, is, is that, you know, I'm actually working on a way to help people, not necessarily through imposter syndrome, but I'm actually working on something myself. And I've been trying to collect some data on that and how people will respond to it. And what I want to do is for, you know, for the listeners here, uh, anyone that wants to, I've opened up my schedule for the next, oh, couple of weeks or so limited spots available where I'm more than happy to do a one-on-one -on -one, uh, session with them talking about what it is that, that they're trying to learn. So, you know, the, you know, from an imposter syndrome perspective, uh, and then also, uh, you know, trying to help them come up with that strategy so that they don't have to feel like that they're suffering from imposter syndrome. They can have the strategy, have the confidence that they need to go forward and do what they need to do. And uh, I'll send you that link, Josh, and we can put yeah, it in sure. the description. Yeah. Um, what's your website? So right now I don't have, I don't have a full blown site up. It's a Calendly link, but okay. it's, I've shortened it down to a bit.ly that, that, like I said, I will, I will give it to you. It's uh, uh, bit.ly slash uh, learning dash strategy dash session. Okay, cool. Excellent.
So awesome. Well, um, thank you. Thanks for uh, having this little chat. This was fun and, and very helpful. Um, so Jason and I, we're going to be working on, we're going to be launching this course pretty soon here. I think um, it's uh, November 14th right now. Uh, we'll be launching it probably next week. So it's going to be like over the Thanksgiving week. And we're going to be cool. looking to uh, a lot of the stuff we talked about today, some of the stuff that worked for you about, you know, taking, taking your victories that you have, you know, things that you've experienced, things that you've accomplished and uh, putting those into a format where you can review them when you, when you're feeling this way. Like that's one of the things that we're going to be teaching. We're looking, it's going to be yeah. basically a tool, a tool belt that, um, and we're going to give you like, when you're feeling this, do this <laughs> and it will help. Yeah. Right. Um, to just kind of, cause I think really the only real, the only real cure for, or not, not even cure, but the only real way to handle this problem is through taking action. Like you, like you mentioned, and uh, it's helpful to have tools to help you take action when you are get, getting stuck because imposter syndrome is very paralyzing. It causes you to kind of like want to turn inward and shrivel up. And uh, so what we're going to be, what we're looking to do is provide some tools to help people get out of that cycle and into a cycle where they're doing things and taking action and growing. So, yeah. And like, like you said, it, it, I think the biggest way to combat that is to have people that you can talk to, which I'm pretty sure you're going to put that in your tool belt because yeah, definitely you've got to have some people that are a little more senior than you are that you can go and say, Hey, I am, I am going through this right now. And I feel, I don't feel confident enough to talk to other, other developers I'm working with about this. Do you have any advice on X, Y, and Z, even from a technical or just even from you know, I'm having a hard time interacting with the other developers. What do you think? It, right. Having that mentor, having that mentor around is, is really important. And if that's any kind of parting advice I can give is that um, I know developers, we tend to be, a lot of developers tend to be introverted. Yep. I'm actually introverted to a certain extent, but I sit right there, like on all of the, all of the tests, all the personality tests, I sit like right in the middle and go between the two, depending on mm -hmm. the season of the year. Um <laughs> You know, so I have to kind of sit there and go, no, I got to go talk to people. And right. uh, that's, that is, that is actually another major tool that, that I just thought about that, that you could use to try to help get out of that, that funk to a certain extent. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Doug. Um, sure. Thank you. Uh, we'll catch you later. All right. Thanks. <laughs>